doesn't seem like a place where I would settle. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, just it's hot. So it's hot. Very hot and oh. really bad traffic. But uh, lovely experience overall down there in the south. Uh, wonderful hospitality, as is always advertised. So this week, Scott, we want to look ahead at the curling season now that it's here and break down some of the schedules that teams have decided to run for this year. And we're going to look at teams that are in very different positions, both mm-hmm. geographically and in the, the point of their career where they are. And this is an interesting year because it actually matters now. Right. The points that are generated, accumulated in this year, uh, count towards the Olympic qualifying process. Whereas right. last year, none of that applied. None of that mattered. So, you know, last year was the whose line is it anyway year where the points don't matter. Yeah. This year, the points really do matter. And really, Scott... The first berth in the Olympic trials uh, for Canada is going to be determined in two months Yeah, at it, the, Canada the Canada Cup. So we are really starting to look ahead and gearing up. And you can tell as well, based on some of the schedules, who's really pushing for the points in the hopes of getting into the, the trials mm-hmm. on the points or definitely the pre-trials. And those teams that think, oh, I can just win a big money event and get the automatic berth that way. You can right. really see the difference in how these teams are lining up their schedules. And, and I mean, there's the reality, too, of families and, and work and, and life outside curling that comes into play here. But from a perspective of who's going to the Olympics and or who wants to go to the Olympics, who needs to get into those trials, you can yeah. really see how it's going to play out. Yeah, and last year we did this as well and broke down the schedules from a couple different teams I honestly don't remember who we did other than Kerry Galusha's team. Yes. Do you, do you remember? I think we talked about Matt Dunstone's team. We had Holly Duncan yeah. uh, on there as well. Yeah, um, so uh, we like to look at uh, the, the different sort of levels of teams, as you said. You know, there's some teams that, oh, they have a chance, a good chance to win that Canada Cup. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, put all their energy into that, where there's other teams that need to qualify so go into a lot of different bond spiels. So you want to talk about the women first? Or the yeah, men? so we'll start with the women. And uh, one of the things that's interesting, I mean, we are very focused on Canada here on this show because we are Canadian. But I think one of the more interesting schedules over the past couple of years has been Anna Hasselberg's team out of Sweden. Now, there's not much doubt as to who's going to represent Sweden in the Olympics on the women's side Mm -hmm. in a couple of years. But their schedule is quite fascinating. And last year we talked about the amount that they were going back and forth between Europe, Canada. They also threw in the trip to Korea there Mm -hmm. uh, as well. So they were traveling a lot. And so I want to take a look at their schedule this year, which seems got pared down from what it was. Yeah, yeah. It seems a lot lighter. Uh, for sure this year definitely not as much air travel i think they realized that it it was a lot last year and you could kind of tell uh by the time by the time the season was ending they seemed a little bit more tired and that world final against switzerland uh i i think anna hasselberg's team is is bar none the better team sure but they were making some mistakes at the end of that game that you don't expect them to make yeah, that's fair. right. And so yeah. it could be a, a, a schedule-related thing. Yeah. So basically this year we're looking at their schedule and they have so many events are here in North America, all those Grand Slam events, but they also have things they have to do over in Europe. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. Like they've done the Perth event uh, in Scotland a few times uh, in the past that we've seen them at. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is not appearing on their schedule this year, uh, as an example. So it seems like they're trying to pare down the number of cross-country flights. So they're starting in Oakville, as obviously they just won the event in Oakville, uh, and they're doing the Shorty Jenkins as well, which is in Toronto. Uh, this upcoming weekend and then they're going back they have to do the european qualifier uh, according to their schedule which is strange that they have to qualify or that the country has to qualify Uh, but they are going into uh, that european qualifier and then they're coming back just for the grand slams yeah they're they're going to stick to the grand slams and there's two of them that are relatively close the uh the, the grand slam schedule has changed up a bit this year we've talked about the mourning the loss of the elite 10 my god my god rest its soul <laughs> yes uh so the first two events are relatively close in time and i i have to think this is a nod to those european teams yeah that can come over and participate so uh the first one we'll have is the masters of curling and that'll be october 22 to 27 so the last full weekend of october yep and then the tour challenge will be two weeks later so uh, it, it's a little bit closer together. You could maybe stay and practice a little bit rather than going back. Yeah. So it seems like that could be the thing. The problem you, is there's there's a tight turnaround after the Tour Challenge into the European Championships. Yeah, it's not a lot of time. It's eight days. Uh, but you remember last year, of course, they won the first two Grand Slams and then didn't participate uh, in a in couple that, down the stretch. That's right. And yeah, so I, I agree that this would be a nod to the European teams that you want them there. You want them in the fields. And, you know, there's realities of TV and the the necessity to not have the Grand Slams back-to-back weeks. Right. The facilities, right? most of these places, you got to kick a junior team out of a building for at least a week, week and a half in order to get the ice. So that's a factor in here as well. But it's really nice, all things considered, to be able to have those eight days to get the European teams back to Europe in advance of those European championships so that you don't lose them and perhaps or potentially have a field that isn't very good at a Grand Slam. You know, if you lose all of the European teams or a lot of the European teams, those fields really are going to suffer. Yeah, and and in addition to the European teams, of course, the Pacific Asia teams too, this is a bit of an advantage for them to have it those two events a little bit closer together yep. and then they can take the break, go back uh, to their own, their, their own countries, yeah. to their home countries. There it is. Uh, <laughs> for that uh, prolonged break that we see uh, to wor- around Christmas time here. Right. So, uh, and the events are also North Bay is for the masters. And then the, the next one, the tour challenge is going to be in Picto. Oh, in, yeah. Uh, no- Nova Scotia. Yeah. Drove through there uh, a couple weeks ago. It was beauty. <laughs> Real beaut. There it is. Uh, but they, uh, so so it's sort of like they're getting a little bit closer to Europe so, to make the, the travel a little better. <laughs> yes. Before they, yes, from Nova Scotia when they fly back to Toronto to get the flight <laughs> over. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's nice that, yeah, the, there's not that much internal travel, right? It's better than having an event in Kelowna and then Charlottetown or something. Uh, yeah. Just for everybody. Really. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so from there, they'll go back, they'll compete in the European Championships and then come back a few weeks later for the next Grand Slam, which is the National, 
that will be played. That's the last event before Christmas. Yeah, and it'll be back in uh, Conception Bay South. Yes, which went really well last year. Uh, this is this is the event that for the European teams and the Pacific Asia teams that they can come off of it. You know, if they want to go find a cash deal somewhere, or do something else, they can. But for the Canadian teams, this will be right off the Canada Cup mm-hmm. and going there to Conception Bay. So a bit of maybe an advantage there. And then they're taking a month off uh, leading into the Continental Cup of Curling, which is in London, Ontario this year. And that leads directly into the Canadian Open Grand Slam. The next one, which this year is going to be out in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Yeah, they had a, an event there either last year or two years ago uh, that was pretty well received. So Yeah, and then they have a few weeks off leading into the Swedish Nationals, which they are minus 10,000 to win, Scott. <laughs> yeah, you got money on that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I've put uh, I've put $10,000 down to win $1 <laughs> on that. Uh, and, uh, and then on the assumption that all of that goes well... The, they will be off for just over a month leading into the World Championship. And then, of course, the final two Grand Slams there in April into May. So how would you assess this schedule? Well, like you say, I think this is the kind of schedule that a team who is basically guaranteed to be in the Olympics should be playing. They're, they're playing only events that seem to have teams at their caliber. Yep. Uh, forgiving, perhaps, the Swedish Nationals. Uh, but there, it's kind of the event that you have to do, and it, like it seems like they're set up to win a lot of money, and not, not, not have too taxing a season. Yeah, it's it's one of these things. There's there's less travel than there was last year. You know, we talked last year that uh, Nicholas Dean was very open about some of the cuts in the Swedish funding. Mm-hmm. So you wonder how much that plays a factor in only playing more big ticket events. Uh, you know, Wayne Madaw is here too as the coach. And the idea too now that they're at a point in their career where maybe two years ago it was all about reps and just get reps playing games. Mm-hmm. Now they don't need as many reps against, you know, normal players. Right. right? They can get in a cash spiel, like high level club players, uh, cash circuit type players. Now they really only need to play the elite teams. Uh, and that seems to be what they're focusing on. Yeah, and it seems the kind of the kind of teams that you're talking about that are sort of just below that level of competing at Grand Slams. Yeah, a lot of those teams are at the Oakville Tankard, sure, and the Shorty Jenkins. Yeah, so you get sort of the legs under you mm-hmm. with those kind of events, and then you should be really well prepared going forward. And of course, this team is is one or one A in the world, so you know they, they don't need they you know they don't need to play more than no. than they need to. That sounds right. Dumb, yeah, no, but, but like they don't need the Canadins spiel. They don't need the Gatineau Casino spiel that right. some top teams do play in, but it's not all top teams. Mm-hmm. Right? So they, those type, type of spiels, uh, they don't really need, given the travel concerns and everything else, that this seems like a really nice balanced schedule, play the big events, and make some money. Yeah, and they're already on their way. So Yeah. So the other team we wanted to look at was maybe the breakout team of last season. And that is, of course, Robin Silvernagel and her team out of uh, Saskatchewan that came in to the Scotties a little under the radar and had a wonderful week making the playoffs there. And their season, Scott, which has not yet kicked off. 
No, it, they start up this weekend with the uh, shootout spiel in Edmonton. Uh, so one of the things that uh, we're going to talk about with this schedule is the geography of where yeah. they're going to play, right? They're, they're not a team, as of right now, that's going to be able to outlay a lot of funding to go to a lot of different parts of Canada. Sure. And so rather than come to Southern Ontario and, and start with those style events, uh, their first one's in Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, and the shootout's a good event. It, it is a really it, good it, event. It gets a lot yeah. of good teams. It gets those Western teams, generally yeah. speaking. I mean, if you look at the, the list of teams that were in Oakville this week, definitely leans more East More coast, like Ontario. Uh, Ontario coast, yeah. Central. Uh, Ontario Centric there. Uh, you know, some of the Western teams don't come to this one mm-hmm. and don't do the, the Shorty Jenkins either. They'll wait for the shootout. That, that has a good field, both men's and women's sides, yeah. uh, with a lot of those uh, Saskatchewan, Alberta, even some BC teams that make the trip across the mountains. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so that'll be a good one to get their legs going. Uh, September's 27th to 30th, the, they have the Colonial Square Spiel in Saskatoon. Yeah, so, another spiel that draws really well from uh, the Prairies. A mm-hmm. lot of Manitoba teams will come out for the, the Colonial Square as well. Right, and then uh, into October, that week over Thanksgiving, I believe, it's yep. the Autumn Gold. Uh, we've seen a lot of good teams play in that event as well. For so sure. uh, that's in Calgary. So like we can see here, okay, we're sticking close to, to home. Uh, and only three events compared to uh, some other teams. I, I would have thought that this team might have been on the hunt for a little more. Yeah. A few more events. Me too. It, it could be the case where, uh, okay, we'll see how it goes this year and then make that push for points next year. Yeah. And, you know, like you said before, personal commitments too, right? Yeah, life gets in the way. Uh, Stephanie Lawton uh, has got some kids, I think. So uh, there you go. Yeah, and then so based on their schedule, based on how they've promoted it, they are into the Masters and they are into the Tour Challenge, those first two Grand Slams. They have their spots booked in those fields. Uh, They're going to do the Red Deer Classic there in Red Deer in the middle of November as well. But they do not have their spot in the national yet, nor do they have their spot booked at the uh, the other Grand Slam there in January, the uh, the, the Canadian national, Open. the Canadian Open. Excuse me. Um, so, which is a little surprising that they would not have a spot there. I, I would be very very surprised if they do not get at the very least a sponsor spot. Uh, yeah, there. for the event in Yorkton. Yeah, uh, for sure, and. Of course, we didn't see this team play in the Grand Slam main fields uh, last year much. I think they won an event. They won the Tour Tour Challenge Tier 2 uh, and got them into another event uh, later on. So, you know, this is the this is like the opposite of uh, Anna Hasselberg, right? Yep. Anna Hasselberg, boom, book, her, book your ticket. You could book it for two years from now. For They'll sure. be in the event. Uh, Robin Silvernagel's team, while they had an amazing finished to their year last year yep uh they still have to get out and earn it so yeah and this is sort of the challenge right that we've talked about that middle class team uh, i mean they're better than a middle class team but where you have to in order to earn the money and the sponsorships that can help sustain a big schedule you have to lay out a lot to be able to get the points and the three spiels that they're playing early on in edmonton saskatoon and calgary all good spiels even if you win all three of them, 
that might not be enough to get you into the top 10 for points on the season that would get you some automatic berths into the grand slams. So that's the challenge, right? You, that you want to play in those things, but you also don't necessarily always want to have that layout or, or are able to, to lay out the time or the money in, in order to do that. So these are the teams that kind of get squeezed in this situation. Right. And, and, you know, we'll see, how the start of the year goes, but they could build some momentum, mm-hmm. earn more money, and by doing well at other uh, Grand Slam, their their first few Grand Slam events, that will help them getting into the field for the other ones, and then you get more money, and it just keeps going, right? Yeah, it's, it's like it has to snowball. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, they're another team that you know they'll be going to the provincials as the defending champion they'll get an automatic berth for sure into the scotties the provincial scotties there and we'll look to see them representing saskatchewan again next year at the scotties tournament of hearts but should they not get there uh-huh. their season it could basically be over in january yeah which i know the grand slam is there to you know keep the momentum going keep the season going but if they haven't played well, then that could be it. Yeah. And so one of the things that's good about this schedule that I see is they haven't outlaid, like, done too ambitious a plan to then, uh-oh, something went wrong, and now we're committed to a bunch of events that we can't afford to go to. Right. We can't take time off for. Right. That sort of stuff. Or just don't want to play it anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm done with this. Yeah. I mean, the cash, I mean, the cash wheel circuit really is done. In January, yeah, of, yeah, you know the tour finishes, but yeah, they haven't overextended, and maybe that's part of it too. Is is planning not only on being in the provincial championships, mm-hmm. but if you look at the field in Saskatchewan right now, going into it, you have to think that they're the favorites, and so hopefully for them, you know, they're looking forward to planning on playing through February, through the Scotties, and yeah. so you don't want to overextend yeah. yourself early in the year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, Michelle Englott will have something to say about that, but it, it should be a fun Saskatchewan Scotties this year. I yeah. think there's a couple, three, four teams that could make some noise. So, yeah. Uh, anything else to say about? No, I, I, I just I, li- I like this. I do like this schedule. Yeah, I think it's really well put together. Yeah, I think it's really well done too. And of course, it's easier for a team in the prairies to travel mm-hmm. within the prairies. Yeah. Because uh, you can drive to all of these events. It's boring, but you can yeah. do it. Just put it on cruise control and go to sleep. <laughs> you know, make sure the steering wheel, put it in a locked position. Just yeah. you're going straight. I always think of that Simpsons when uh, Bart says, cruise <laughs> yeah. control, my good man. <laughs> uh. Oh, boy. So, so okay, we've looked at, uh, you know, a couple yeah. variations of women's teams. And now let's move over to the men's teams. Yeah, so a, a team like... Anna Hasselberg that doesn't have really anything to prove except that they made a good decision in changing their lineup, Brad Jacobs. And we've talked about Brad Jacobs a lot. It feels like they haven't done anything over the past five years, which is weird because they've lost a couple prior finals uh, and have done really well uh, at a couple Canada Cups making playoffs and stuff. So, you know, they've been right there. They just haven't gotten over the finish line. And, of course, the big change this year is that Ryan Fry is gone and Mark Kennedy is in, which adds some more logistical maneuvering, perhaps, for the team 
And they are playing, Scott, a pretty light schedule. Yeah, they've got 10 events that are on here that they've announced. Of course, they'll also be playing... uh, The events missing from this are the Northern Ontario Playdowns as well as the Briar. Which they will be playing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tanner Horgan moved, so... (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, they're... (laughs) Unless your buddy there can uh, give yeah. give him a game, yeah. The if they, you know, if they can get through the round robin and not be 0-4, they're a threat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So they'll start up uh, with the Shorty Jenkins this weekend, as mentioned. Uh, we see some of the other teams going to that. Uh, then the Stucells tankard, the Toronto tankard is October third yep. to seventh. So this is different than the Oakville Stucells. I, I do sometimes get confused when I'm like, why? Yeah, I'm sponsoring two things with anyway. the same name. Like, have one be the Stucells tankard, have other the other one be like the Stucells Cup or the Classic or, or something. something. Yeah, uh, maybe it is, and we missed it. <laughs> uh, then you've got the Masters, then the Tour Challenge, which we've already talked about. Those being uh, two weeks apart. Uh, then they're heading out to Penticton, Sean, for the Ashley Home Store Curling Classic. Uh, end of November, a bit of an interesting choice. Yeah. Especially given that it's right before the Canada Cup. Yeah. And it makes me sort of wonder, I'm sort of wondering why. This is the, the event I, I wonder why. Yeah, that one doesn't make that much sense to me that you'd want to play in that because it does, as you say, it feeds right in to the Canada Cup, which, I mean, okay. Uh, You know, it it makes sense that you want to have it be uh, a part of a a preparation for that event. But, I mean, you're going to Penticton, and then the Canada Cup is there in uh, Leduc, Alberta. So you have to get from Penticton back to Leduc. It just... Oh, it's a piece of cake. WestJet flies direct. I mean, it's just... (laughs) It's a little strange to me. The only, the only thing I could think of is if if Ashley sponsors them, and there's a commitment to play in that event because of that, or if there's a, another personal reason. But from a curling standpoint, it doesn't necessarily make the most sense. Yeah, especially for a team they they won the Canada Cup last year. Uh, oh no, I'm. Yeah, 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 w- yeah. With, with Mark Kennedy. With Mark Kennedy, I was thinking. Oh yeah, this team with the exact same lineup. That they're going to have this year. Yeah. Won the Canada Cup. And. Controversially. Oh, for sure. Ben Hebert's still upset about that rock, which they missed by not sweeping because the, <laughs> the clock, the clock ran, ran out. out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good thing that uh, an Olympic qualifier berth wasn't uh, <laughs> on the line. So, yeah, yeah. I, I can see, okay, maybe we want a week just as a team away from their families before the Canada Cup to maybe get away and get focused. Right. I could buy that as an argument, but I could also say, well, go rent a, a place in Jasper right. for the, the the weekend before. Uh, adjusting to the time zone, maybe, but these teams travel enough that they should be fine with it. Uh, a bit of a question mark. Yeah, so that one's a little strange. Uh, again, yeah, unless there's some sort of connection, maybe Mark Kennedy... Or something like I, I don't know. Someone owes someone uh, a favor. Something, and... yeah. But that one does seem a little strange. And then the rest of it is the things you'd expect. The the four remaining Grand Slams that are there. Uh, of course, 
whoever wins the Canada Cup will have to slot in the Continental Cup as well. That's right. Uh, for Canada. So there's potential. This is a team that could win that. And they would have to include that in their schedule as well, as you said. Of course, having then to play the Northern Ontario Provincials plus the Briar Championship. So overall, you're looking at a lot of events, but only three events in curling clubs. Right, so they're right. they're reserving most of their time on the ice for arena events, TV events. Yeah, and this is the kind of team that can do that. They're all pros. They've done it for a long, long time now yeah. with a lot of success. That's all I had to say. So a team, though, that is not uh, does not have the same pedigree and is playing a little more on the curling club tour uh, circuit, sort of the WCT, uh, some of the smaller events, uh, Kirk Myers. So this is a team that came together last year. I don't know if it was an upset that they won the Saskatchewan Provincials, uh, beating Matt Dunstone in the final, but they went to the Briar, had a pretty good week, pretty good showing for them mm-hmm. uh, with uh, two rookies uh, there on the team. And now they're coming through. Matt Dunstone had a really good end of the season despite that loss. They won the events, uh, one of the curling world cup events mm-hmm. they also they, they did pretty well in that final grand championship as well uh, they've had a pretty good start to the summer schedule as well with this final yesterday as we record so you know you almost look at Saskatchewan you think Kirk Myers is the defending champion but not a favorite moving into this year yeah for sure and and looking at Matt Dunstone's schedule from last year which I do believe we talked about uh, he got in as much curling as possible yeah. last year, knowing that we need to get better. Uh, we need to be all in. Uh, and they, that Kirk Myers team this year seems to have taken a bit of the same approach. Yeah. So they began the year in Hokkaido a month ago, uh, in Japan. How'd they do? Did they win? Yeah, I think they won. I think they won that event. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then followed it up uh, with the, Oakville Fall Classic on Labor Day weekend and then moved right into the Stu Cells Oakville Classic uh, this past weekend. Where they did make the playoffs. Right. So they, they've they played back-to-back events in Oakville. So I don't know, Sean, uh, what your memories of Oakville are. But for me, <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to spend that much time there. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe I would. It's a pretty nice place. Uh, very expensive though, like uh, all these houses. Well, to in live there. Oh boy, I, I I assume it's the same for hotels there. Uh, and then they're going to keep the Southern Ontario love going with the Stu Cells Toronto Classic, uh, that first full weekend of October. Yes, so that's another one to where you look at what this schedule is. So. Presumably, like they're here, they're in Oakville, they'll go home, and then they'll come back for another uh, few days, uh, and then go to Manitoba. But these are Scott events uh, events that are curling clubs, right? These right. are in clubs, right? They're so club with, events. with Brad Jacobs, right? They're playing mostly in arenas. Mm-hmm. Kirk Myers and his team—they're not at the point yet where they have automatic berths into the big arena events so they have to play in these curling club events in order to qualify so if you look at their schedule all of their 
Grand Slam listings on their schedule have the asterisks next to them that say pending qualification. Yeah. Because they have to go out and earn these points. Exactly. And we will see that uh, there's a lot of teams that are in this position, right? That are sort of on the fringe. Uh, They've been been in some big events. Kirk Myers won the Tour 2 Challenge last year, uh, I'm pretty sure. And... Uh, was able to get a berth yeah. in another event. Anybody tell us if we're wrong? We're just like uh, <laughs> no, I know he did. He, he won it because that was the one that was in Thunder Bay, right? And that they won, and then they got in. I believe it was the Conception Bay. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to, Robin Silvernagel played in an event on a sponsor's exemption last year. I don't think she won the tier two because that was won by uh, the Swedish junior team. So right. yeah, anyway. she would have gotten into the Saskatchewan event. Yes, yes, on a, on the sponsor's exemption there. So. Yeah. Yeah, we've got them playing in five events before Thanksgiving, which which is pretty crazy uh, of a schedule. And then, you know, okay, should they get into the Masters? That's another event before the end of October. And then they've got three lined up in November. Two of them, are, of course, are the, um, the Grand, Grand Slams, Slams we've talked about already. Uh, but they're also planning to go to that uh, Ashley Homestore Classic in Penticton try and earn some points and then if they can qualify for the canada cup I, i'd be surprised for the canada cup that's that's seems, a pretty it seems like a reach at this point it's a pretty tough uh, field to get into so no disrespect there but it, this is a lot of travel a lot of flights yep uh because we have japan that already happened and then three events in ontario one that's got a four-week Three week break in between, so they must be going home. They, they're going home for that, yeah. And then coming back, uh, and then into Manitoba. So hopefully this will all pay off. I th- I think this is a little bit different from the Robin Silvernagel, right? Where oh, this I think is totally the, different. This where, is a totally different approach. So where these teams are like probably at a similar level within the, their fields. Yeah, Robin Silvernagel is probably a little higher. Sure. So. You see sort of, okay, we need to get the points here with Myers. Yeah. Whereas Silver Nail's taking, okay, we'll get into the events that are easy to get to. We'll see how this year goes. Yeah. This is a total chase for points. Because even uh, the week of the Canada Cup, if they don't get into it, they're going to play in an event in Saskatoon instead. So they are out hustling. They're going to go to Arizona in the new year for Uh, the the, the Wernick Classic. That event, which is a lot of people have gone and played in that mm-hmm. over the years. So they're out there. They're chasing. They're going to be in clubs in a lot of weekends trying to earn those points, trying to, you know, I don't I don't think, Scott, this season is about necessarily for them making the briar. I, I, obviously, they would want to make the briar. Right. But this season is about the points. Accumulate the points. Pack them in. This is a extraordinarily heavy schedule. But you look at it too. Four guys who are young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Dallin Myers is married. Um, I think that's what the the media guy said last year. Uh, <laughs> but the rest of them, I don't believe, are married uh, or have kids or anything. So you know, the family obligations are not as much for these guys versus some of the other teams. Certainly, all four of the Jacobs players have kids. So you know the the responsibilities on that personal level are are a little different and that allows them to get out and play a lot more frequently and they can go into these clubs and try to build these points weekend after weekend and this is where 
you know, it's not just finances, it's the availability of time too. And, mm-hmm. and this is where a team that probably you would consider an upper middle class team, this is where they need to have that snowball effect happen for yeah. them. Yeah. And if they can start to regularly qualify for the Grand Slams, just especially in, in Saskatchewan, more opportunities for sponsorships uh, or even just charge more for the sponsorships that you're getting and earn more money and, and allow it to be a little more of a, a sustaining situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I think this is the approach we saw from Matt Dunstone's team last year. Yeah. Uh, and it, they put together some momentum at the end of the year. Seems to be carrying into this year based on the first event. We'll see how this plays out for, for Kirk Meyer's team. I, I really hope it does well. They're, they've got a really good social media they yeah. they really thank their sponsors. They've got a lot of really great sponsors, and Kirk is a great mouthpiece for the team. Yes, uh, he's sort of been their media liaison guy, in addition to being the skip. Uh, more because he's good at it than than he's the skip and has yeah. to do it. So, yeah, here's uh, hoping they can get uh, as many points as possible. Right, I I like seeing uh, seeing their team there at the events. Yeah, they're, and, they're, they're and, fun. And Kirk Myers, I told you this, is the only player that introduced himself to me yeah. at the uh, Roar of the Rings and said, Hi, I'm Kirk. <laughs> I said, Wow, thanks. The only one. So uh, so there you go. So within that, though, I will uh, correct us. They did not win the event in Japan. Uh, Yuta uh, Matsumura uh, won that event, beating Scott McDonald. Oh, yeah, Scotty McDonald. How, um, how can I forget that? Yeah, but they... Were of course there. I made a joke on Twitter that they played each other in the first game, Scott McDonald and <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, um, Kirk Meyer. So you fly to the other side of the world to play somebody two provinces over. <laughs> right on. But uh, but no. So hopefully for them, yeah, it's a, it's a good season and they don't get too tired, worn out from that. That's a heavy schedule. That's a lot of games. It is a lot of games, but like you say, when they're young, is the time to do it. So. For sure. So uh, so there it is, Scott. What what so what takeaways then do you have for? These schedules just as a whole. Yeah, looking at all the teams announcing their schedule, one of the things I like to do is look at events in my area uh, where teams might be coming, right? Sure. And say, hey, uh, oh, the, there's some ladies teams that'll come to the fall the fall spiel down uh, in that town that I always forget what the name is. Cornwall? Uh, no. Oh, there is an event in Cornwall. <laughs> Yeah, there's an event in Cornwall this weekend, right? Yeah. So, you know, I might take a little, uh, take a little road trip down to Cornwall. Uh, but, of course, we'll have the, the Ontario Provincials in Cornwall as well, uh, which will be very good for us. Uh, so, And then the other side of the schedules that I like to see is to see exactly this. Who's making a push to, to play in as many events as possible yeah. and trying to think about how that might affect them going into their provincial playdowns. Right. Uh, because we see all these events in the fall, are they going to be as focused, as physically in shape uh, as they can, can be and need to be to get into their provincials? Mm-hmm. We talked about Kerry Galusha last year and the extra travel and what it what it meant to their team. Going into the Scotties, we thought they would be yeah, we were a, very lot, optimistic. a lot better than yeah. they managed to perform. And I think they were disappointed in that as well. And they've, seem to based on social media have uh, incorporated a lot more team bonding activities mm-hmm. into their practice schedule and then they're playing a, 
a pretty good schedule this fall again. Yeah. To try to try and get the reps against the the top level teams for sure. And, and for someone like Carrie Galusha, it's about the Scotties for her. I don't think there's any idea of of an Olympic trials berth on that. But for her, it's really all about the Scotties. And she was very open last year too about mm-hmm. you know I, I'm not going to do this forever. Right. Uh, right. So you know, really trying to get that push in and go, and. Yeah, you can see too, right? The the Anna Hassebergs, the Brad Jacobs of the world, they can be really judicious in what they're going to do. They can hold out and really just play for the Grand Slams and provincial national playdowns. Mm-hmm. That's what those teams who are at that level can do. A team like Kirk Myers can't just no. hold out, right? They have to go out there, they have to hustle. And a team like Robin Silvernagel who you know wants to get to that next level and, and is certainly capable of it based on everything we've seen there can be some limitations on what you can do mm-hmm. so that's why looking at these schedules i find it so fascinating and you know it's to see how it, it almost gives you a glimpse of how teams view themselves too yeah, uh, and, yeah. and sort of what their goals are and where they think they are going to be best suited to improve uh, for reaching whatever their goals are absolutely and I'm sure these uh, schedules are not constructed in a vacuum, just, you know, four guys talking around the table. Hey, you want to play in that spiel? Right. I'm sure it's done uh, with their coaches, with their sports psychologists too. You know, you got to take into account how taxing these events are. Mm -hmm. Stressful and travel and money pressures and all that sort of stuff. Uh, So, And their sponsors too. I mean, when they're making these deals in the summer – Number of events, level of events, yep. you know, TV, not TV, all of that matters exactly in, in terms of what they're doing. So, these, yeah, these schedules are very well thought out. It's mm-hmm. not like after a game on Monday night, we're <laughs> like, oh, there's that spiel in a couple of months. You want to go play in it? Yeah, I'll go play in it. Why not, eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that that's that. So uh, there you go. I I just wanted to finish up, Sean. Uh, by saying, hey, did you know Mike McEwen had knee surgery? Yes, Mike McEwen had knee surgery. He is not participating in the first few events of the season. Right. And uh, they've got Dallin Peters uh, subbing in for him, who we saw last year at the Manitoba Provincial Final. Yes. Uh, a big guy. <laughs> Yells quite loud. Uh, so I, so I, I'm curious now about uh, how he'll be reintegrated into the team. How the team's going to operate. Uh, we saw last year a lot of flipping and flopping with uh, calling them Team McCruthers even. Yes. Uh, I believe they actually decided on a team name this year. Yeah, that they're going to be Team uh, Carruthers? I think so. Well, you know, that'll be for another podcast. Yeah. I, but, yeah, hopefully that it goes well for them. And, you know, Mike McEwen, Reed Carruthers, they had talked about how they felt, even with the troubles on the ice last year, that their personal friendship never wavered. Yeah. There, was ne- there was never any off-ice damage done. And if that's true, that's a good sign. Oh, for sure, for that, sure. That they could hopefully work out whatever on-ice issues they had. Consistency will be big for them. Uh, you know, Just have a, have a lineup and go with it. Yeah. And, I, I mean... I, sure we all have our opinions on what the best lineup for them is and i think with mike going last that's that that's that yeah and it is gonna be team mike McEwen. yeah so there you go so good for good for that no more confusion 
Yeah, yeah, right on. Any more little tidbits you got? Uh, little, little nuggets of news you want to talk I'll, about? Uh, the only thing I'll say, you, you mentioned how good Kirk Myers is at social media. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, so if you go back to Monday, September 9th on their Twitter, they did a very uh, entertaining thing. Um, <laughs> so I would, just, I, I would just recommend that to you all. Right on. So with that, uh, we do apologize for missing last week, but as we said, part of the greater good. For, uh, for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll be back with you again next week as we continue to ramp up our coverage of the 2019-2020 curling season. Please do, if you have not yet, subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, TuneIn, the various places like that. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us, gameofstonespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram at gameofstonespodcast. Odd. Scott's on both those things that Scott likes TV, and I'm on Twitter at Dr. Shawnee Fever. If you want all my updates on the world of history, uh, which is mostly what's there. So we will talk with you again next week, but until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that insert. Make the final.